0: Hi, welcome to to, uh, divorce and separation, how it affects young people. Uh, You're all making me hungry, because I've got to wait till after this seminar to have my lunch. But uh, you may want to throw things at me in a minute, I don't know. But um, uh, my name's Pete English, I'm chief executive of uh, a Christian charity called This Way Up. Um, We work in Solihull in the West Midlands but we also train um, youth leaders and churches around the UK to deliver a course called Lost and Found. Um, It's an eight-session course which allows you to um, uh, work with young people in secondary schools and help them understand um, issues relating to divorce and separation and bereavement and the the feelings that are behind those things. So... um, I'm going to work through a few slides and maybe we might have time for some questions at the end. Um, The DVD that was on when you came in, those of you who came in earlier, was called Drop the Mask. Um, We made this with some young people that we worked with a a couple of years ago. And it's encouraging young people to drop the mask and talk about feelings. And um, you're welcome to take a copy of that. We've also got another DVD um, about the work of This Way Up and this includes some interviews with um, uh, teaching staff, head teachers, counsellors, MPs, um, about the value of providing a service that helps children um, address feelings. Um, I've also brought a few resources as well if you want to know how to begin a conversation with a young person about difficult topics. So I'll work through the slides and um, at the end Hopefully, we'll have time for some questions. Um, so, is it, you know, what is it about um, divorce and separation that's so hard? Some parents say, well, they're coping really well. They'll get over it. Um yeah, they're, they're, they're settling down. Um, don't seem to have affected them much. Well, a long time ago, um, it, someone called Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was doing some studies around um, uh, bereavement and... Um, she, she noticed that when people went through a loss they experienced um, certain common feelings such as uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression and eventually or sometimes acceptance and um, other studies have found that any loss will produce similar things. Uh, we do a lesson um, about loss in schools and we say to the kids um, have any of you ever lost a piece of jewellery? And um, if you think, if you have lost a piece of jewellery, you are probably in denial when you first look. I lost a ring that belonged to my gran, that my gran gave me. I lost it on a beach. And um, I was looking around for it. I was going, no, I can't have lost it. It's going to be here somewhere. I was in denial. Then I was angry with myself for being so careless. Um, And I guess I was pretty depressed because I couldn't replace it and I couldn't spend the whole day going on looking around for this ring. But eventually I got to a point of acceptance and I still have pangs of you know, sadness when I think about the ring but it's not affecting my everyday life. So Elizabeth Kubler-Ross um, talked about this theory around loss. Um, we've moved on since those times and there are lots of different theories which we, we don't have time to go into. Um, But for a teenager, um, it can be really hard when they lose somebody close to them, whether it's divorce, separation, or whatever. One of my favourite books is entitled, Get Out of My Life, and then in, in brackets it says, but first give me a lift into town. And I guess that sums up young people in a way. They're separating from their parents. They're going through a similar stage to um, a very young child who's realising they're actually a separate person to their parents and they're developing and they're moving away but if you say to them how about getting the bus into town they're going I can't I don't know where to get off I don't know what to do Um, and so there's this wanting to separate but wanting to run back to the parent as well so when a loss happens in those years, it's not easy at any time, but it's particularly difficult because they are changing times. Um, they're changing physically. Um, young people are developing. Um, there are theories that, that, that young people are living in a constant, um, a, a constant sort of uh, jet lag state. In fact, I think some colleges have, uh, have taken this on board and started the day a bit later because they just can't concentrate, because they're, they're, they're so tired first thing in the morning. Young people are also developing, um, you know, the limbs are growing, you know, and they're not quite connecting with the brain, so they can be clumsy. Um, academically, things are changing. Um, Socially things are changing, they're trying out different relationships. I work in several schools and at break time in the uh, head of year's office there are always um, year eight girls who have fallen out and they're in there in tears and somebody won't talk to someone else and it's a huge problem. And emotionally they're changing so they're up here one day and they're down here the next. And sexually, they're changing and they're developing. They're trying different relationships. They're, they're experimenting around relationships. So all of that is going on. So when parents split up at this time of life, it can be particularly hard. Um, we work um, this way up. Works in fifteen schools in Solihull, and we started off really. We started off delivering um, this course called Lost and Found. Uh, which we, you know, we are offering that training to everybody here. Um, we've, since then, we've now started doing one-to-one work. So every, every week, we're in schools, and schools are now saying, we don't know what we'd do without you. We just don't have the time to meet with kids that need support. And um, we never have a time when we don't have children who needs support. We meet with about 130 young people every year, which isn't a huge number, but um, they all need individual support for as long as it takes. Okay, one of the things that's going on here is there's a lot of stress, particularly for Mr Incredible. Oh, great. <laughs> 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 and... There is a lot of stress on parents at the moment. People are losing jobs financially. They're they're having problems and children are affected. Here's some statistics. 70% of children rate their experience of parental separation as bad or very bad. And 72% of children said they needed someone to talk to about their feelings. That's from the Kids in the Middle report in 2008. And um, I was involved about four years ago... In, uh, in, in something that was put together by the agony aunts of the national newspapers. I got a call at home from, uh, um, the, um, from Belle Mooney uh, from the Daily Mail and she said, we need you at a conference. We're lobbying Ed Balls about um, all the letters that we're getting from young people who are struggling with parents splitting up. And out of that, came... Um, Ed Balls released some money for targeted work with young people. That was about three years ago. And over the last three years, the Department of Education has, um, has released money in stages right across the country for targeted work. And um, This Way Up, we're fortunate to get some of that funding, um, but it was a very small amount, and it only lasted a couple of months. But um, they're recognising that this is an issue... Um, about five years ago, I was at a conference uh, where Steve Chalk was speaking, and he was talking about well-being would be in um, all the documents that the government was producing in the future. And he, he was saying that, um, actually, if you look at the word shalom, shalom means well-being. So shalom is coming into government documents. It's amazing. Um, one of the things about children from divorce families is that they are exposed to more stressors. There are more things that stress them. Um, children whose parents are going through divorce are going, possibly, going to have. Um, uh, they're going to observe financial pressure um, on the on the parent that they're living with. They're going to also see a parent who's really struggling with loss themselves, and p- possibly is unable to help the children. Um, and as uh, Rob said earlier, 10% of 5- to 16-year-olds have clinically significant mental health difficulties. So what are the key factors that um, the experts reckon affect, affect mental health? Um, living apart from your father is one of the top ones. Um, I brought along a book by Mark stibbes I don't know if anyone's read this, The Father You've Been Waiting For. And um, Mark Stibbeys, uh, I think it's at New Wine, a couple of years ago, just talked about a whole, like an epidemic of uh, fatherless children and adults. And um, I think that's very true. Um, Another uh, factor that's affecting mental health is family conflict. Children uh, are every day going home to homes that have conflict. And then finally more than two adverse life effect events put together. And this is a typical thing that a young person may be coping with. I live with my dad and my sister during the week and with my mum and her partner at the weekends. And what we find in our schools work is you'll have a child come in on a Monday morning, they get a detention because they haven't got their PE kit, because they've left it with dad and now they've gone home to mum, and the teacher perhaps doesn't understand that that's beyond their control. So what are we looking at as far as the range of emotions that are coming out here, and in what way are they not able to participate fully in full-time education? Um, This is a worksheet from our course, actually, and on it you can see some of the emotions that one child has put down. Um, This is a, a young person who's actually been through our, our course material twice and so they've, they're able to identify a lot of different feelings but in there there's anger, sadness, depression moody, tearful, um, shocked, unconfident and sometimes confident, lacking sleep but also having hope so a whole spiral, a whole whirlpool of different emotions that are going on So it's no wonder that a child sitting in maths um, is having trouble concentrating and not able to take in um, what's going on. And one of the great things that we can do, and um, that if you you get involved in schools work and you're trained to use something like this Lost and Found course, is just to act as a go-between between that young person and her teacher and say, do you know what? Sam is really struggling at the moment at home. Uh, You may not know this. Her parents are split up. And she just can't concentrate on her homework. She's just uh, unable to do it. She's too stressed. And um, then the the school can actually give them a bit more time, whatever's needed. Um, Here's a few other emotions. Um, It didn't make sense. So they're trying to cope with, you know, what... What sense is there in all of this? And particularly, we're not talking about bereavement today, but working with bereavement, trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Um, But on the other side, the family's a lot happier now. So for some young people, um, having uh, the end to conflict is actually a good thing, and things calm down within the home. Someone else says, what gets me down most about having two homes is the fact that there are different standards. And we hear that time and time again. Uh, Dad says, I can come in whatever time I like. Mum says, you've got to be in by half nine. And so you get that sort of, well, dad says, he lets me stay out any time. And mum's saying, well, I don't. And then when you get a step-parent in the equation, you then get, well, you're not my dad You can't tell me what to do, and all of that stuff. And actually, this guy at the end here, um, he's saying, I have the best relationship ever with my dad. So for some children, they're spending focused time with a parent that perhaps they didn't have in the past. Um, Fear, anger, guilt, and confusion about identity. Um, They might be quite scared, because the person that they really rely on that they turn to for security is not coping. And so there might be a fear. You know, what is happening to my mum? Why is she not... Why is she always crying? What's going on here? Anger that life is out of control. Um, a f- you know, a year 10 girl, she's thinking about the prom. She's getting her stuff ready. She's probably started preparing in year 7, actually. Year 10's far too late, but she's... She's all getting, doing the final preparations for the prom, which is in a year and a half's time. And mum and dad split up, and she, they've ruined her life. How is she going to get that prom dress? You know, the £250 pound prom dress that she had her eye on when they split up. Guilt. This is a huge one. Um, there's a website called It's Not, it's Not My Fault, alloneword.org, um, which is set up primarily to help children see that when their parents split up, it's not actually their fault. Sorry, yes? Has it? Children, oh, what a shame. That's a real pity. It's a really good website and it had lots of... You for Thank you. For I didn't know that. Thanks. So that website is, not, is no longer available. But this is a huge issue. They think it's their fault and, and it never is. Confusion about identity, so um, a young person who's a, a boy whose dad has left may well take on the role of disciplining the younger brothers and being the man about the house and he may be told by relatives and friends of the parents well you're the you 're the man of the house now, and um, that is often too much for them to cope with um, this is from a, uh, some work that I did with a, a 16-year-old boy and he decided um, that people always leave. Uh, how sad is it that that, that is what he was, he was coming out of school with, the idea that people always leave and you can't trust them. And, you know, what can we do as youth workers to, to change that around? Actually, people don't always leave. The church... It may not be you, but there will be people there for you. Um. Uh, uh. Uh, uh. Like a Just listen to the words of... Um. by now aren't you (laughs) Um, that was a song it's quite old now actually by Pink and it's her own experience of her parents splitting up and she's bargaining with her parents and saying I promise I'll be better please don't leave can we have the family portrait relationship back again Um, okay and in school what's going to be happening there um Children are going to be going to be finding it difficult to concentrate, as we said earlier. They're going to be finding it hard to do their homework. Their anxiety levels could be increased. Um, and l- their tolerance could be quite low. So um, I'm working with a young lady at the moment whose um, mum is terminally ill. And uh, when I started working with her, she was constantly getting into trouble... Uh, Because a teacher was picking on her about the fact that she didn't do her tie-up. And she would give him a mouthful. And I said to her, I bet you're feeling there's much more important things going on in your life than the fact that you haven't got your top button done up. And she went, oh, what a relief. Somebody's actually realising. And later on in the work, I said to her, you do have to do your tie-up, actually. And her appearance improved, but... For her, it was like, who cares if I haven't got my tie done up? I'm at my mum is dying. And some of these kids are like, you know, they're not, their tolerance is not high. So they're getting in tr- trouble, they're having angry outbursts, they're getting detentions, and it can spiral from there. But, actually, most children do OK. And those children who did particularly well were those who had good, par- good enough parenting by at least one parent. This is from a very long long um, piece of research, five years uh, quite a while ago by Wallace Stein and Kelly, looking at children who, who did okay, and they recognised that if they have stability, one parent who's doing an okay job, then they were going to do okay. How can I help? Just listen, you've got, you know, if you're going to get involved in schools work, if you want to be trained to deliver lost and found, that's brilliant. But schools are crying out for someone to go in and just listen to young people. Um, The schools we work in now are saying we don't know what we do without you. They don't have the time to sit down with children. And we give children half an hour. It's not a long time, but it's half an hour of listening um, and we have super, we have supervision. We have somewhere to take that. Don't take sides. So when they're telling you how awful mummies is, now awful daddies, don't say, "Oh yeah, dad's horrible, isn't he?" Oh, how could he do that? Because it will get back to them. They'll say, "My counsellor said, my mentor said, you're horrible." Um, Be aware of normal teenage angst and development. So in all of this, when it looks like they perhaps are very depressed, it may not be depression, it may just be the normal ups and downs. But if you have any doubt at all, refer. Um, There may be more transitions to come. Um, The boy who uh, put up, people always leave. Sadly, his mum got together with somebody else and they split up he had to face more transitions and that's so hard Um, don't offer to be there 24 hours a day because you actually can't be and you cannot do this type of work if you do offer to be 24 hours a day you only let them down and recognize that you are not the only person in their world who can help they probably got other people around who can give them support They they may have friends, they may have friends of the family, they might have a brother that they can talk to. But you may not be the only person there who can help. You may be, but it's it's probable that you're not. Um, And it's all about resilience. How well they cope is all about, I can, I have and I am. Um, There's a project called the International Resilience Project and really, in a nutshell, if a young person can say, Things that they can do. I can play football, I can paint, I can uh, I can skip whatever it is. Um I have I have um my auntie Gladys, who's always there, she always listens to me, I can talk to her about anything. And I am I am a funny person, I'm a caring person. They all do okay. And uh that is my little three there. And um We have muddled through as parents. Um, I suffered loss when I was 18 months old. My mum died. I had to be separated from my two sisters, went to live with my grandparents. My granddad died when I was six. But we have muddled through and these three have turned out reasonably okay because they've got resilience. They've gone through a lot and they've but they've got resilience and they can cope. So if children have got resilience, it's the ones who haven't who can't really say those three things that are going to struggle. And this is the verse that um, when we set up this way up was really key to us. Um, it's from Isaiah 15. It says, The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word. And the amplified version adds, in season, that sustains the weary. So it's the right word at the right time. So a young person who's just lost their mum does not need to know a theological explanation about suffering. They need you to say, well, (laughs) it's tough, isn't it? I don't know why this sort of stuff happens. Um, That's the verse that underpins all that we're doing. the Lost and Found training course, uh, the next dates for that are um, 7th and 8th of June or the 8th and 9th of September. There's an advert in Youth Work magazine and our website um, email address is info at twup.org.uk and there's the contact details. Um, any questions? All oh, stunned silence, that's great. I, I mean, I'm around. Yeah. Um, this gentleman saying uh, someone in their youth group their dad left when they were 10 months old and he he has told her that she was the reason um, for him leaving and that's been backed up since and how do you deal with that I guess it's just allowing her to talk about how she feels and there's guilt and there's false guilt and she could well be carrying false guilt around and I think a lot of it is just allowing them to talk. I'm a qualified counsellor, but a lot of it is just trusting that talking actually helps. And they may go over and over the same old thing, time and time again, but talking still helps and they may need to do that. But she could well be carrying this label, you know, over her that I'm actually to blame, which is horrible, isn't it? Prayer, you know. Hmm. Because I was told that um, this happened because of me. Gosh. Like as well. Yeah. God, I mean, God just... people praying and oh God just coming in and... Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the whole thing, so yeah. <coughs> yeah, it takes time and, and supernatural. And like yeah. So, yeah, just carrying that. Carrying that with you. So God can yeah, yeah. Can I just say something practically you can yeah. say is that you can't change the situation someone's in, you can help them change their response to it. And I think that's sometimes helpful mm. to explain to that young person that they've got the power now to change how they react to it. Yeah, the so they can change their response, but they can't change what's happened. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm and because had a I just see my response in way to me very selfish that I care about my yeah mm. Yeah. And Yeah. And I So it's very hard because if you are if you if you're the parent who's being divorced you're having to hold it all together or not and cope with your own loss and hold your children who are coping with their losses and sometimes where there's a loss concern there's a someone called it a lack of synchronicity in the way that people in a family are dealing with losses um, you might have a young child who's just like yeah who's going to you know, am I getting extra Christmas presents then? Does that mean I get twice as many? Uh, you know, and that can be really hurtful. Yeah. Are there any resources or any books or anything out there for advice of parents who, have, uh, who are gay, who are openly gay? And I've, I've got a That's child a good at the question. in my youth club. He's 17 and yep. his little brother's 13. And he's just told me a few months ago that his dad's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 17-year-old's coping fairly well considering what he's been through in the last right. four years. Mm. but the fact of the matter is both of them have come up to me and said, Well I think that might maybe I'm gonna be gay when I'm older and they're worrying them. There seems you know with, so it's not to do in our society anymore. There's people who are coming out um and you know that's that's yeah. one uh, separate subject but for young people finding out their parents are gay. Yeah. So for those of you who didn't hear and for the C D, um are there resources out there for parents who are openly gay and children who are dealing with that that issue. I don't know of any. Um, um, I've just, uh, with Helen Tomlin, who's the diocesan (laughs) youth officer in Birmingham, we've just published a a book in the Grove series called Supporting Young People Through Parental Breakup. That's on our stand. It's £3.50. Please get a copy. Um, I'm very aware this is a very short session, but um, just a few resources to tell you about. And I'm around here so you can talk... Um, Afterwards, Um, a book called Draw on Your Emotions, Um, and the most useful worksheet in that whole book is this one. (laughs) It's just a picture of someone's head. And what I do, I just put some uh, thought bubbles around the outside. And when I'm starting to work with a young person, sometimes I'll go, Why don't you just put down on here some of the stuff that's going around in your head at the moment? And it might not be what You know, they might be meeting with me because I've got a referral form that their parents have split up. But on here, they might have... um, I'm not getting on well with my friend and I can't do my maths homework. So we start with those issues. That is a really good resource. Um, The other one, which is absolutely amazing... Has anyone got any of this? Thinking putty. It's like Play-Doh sort of stuff, but it does... It it stretches and snaps and and all sorts... Um, And it actually, it sticks to the bottom of the tin and you can't get it out immediately. But amazing stuff. Just to give, because a lot of young people just want something to do while you're talking to them. So a lump of this is absolutely marvellous. Um, Feeling photos. um, You can get these with pictures of people on, but these are much better. So, you know, how am I feeling today? Just pick out three pictures that describe how you're feeling today. Well, it feels like there's a real storm going on in my life at the moment, whatever. Um, A very, very good book um, by Richard Layard, who I think must be a Christian um, from some of the stuff he's written. Um, A Good Childhood Searching for Values in a Competitive Age. This is a report done with the Children's Society about young people and what they're coping with at the moment. Um, and if you want something a bit more on the counselling lines, Counselling Adolescents by Geldard and, Geldard and counselling children in the same series. Um, and finally, the big book of blobs. If you've ever been on a course and you've seen that tree picture, which which blob are you... That's in there but there's loads of of others as well. Um, Lost and found training. um, Two days we will train you to deliver this course. It's eight sessions um, of one hour each. We deliver it in secondary schools. We have done for the last eight years and it's opened up um, 15 secondary schools in our area and we're working in them every day. So thank you very much. Thank you.